Hey, hey, this is Elevate Life with Angie. That's me. I'm your girl. Listen, here we're going to talk about emotional awareness and personal transformation. We're going to have some fun and keep it real. We're going to stay away from shame and judgment because don't nobody need none of that. So stick around, relax, enjoy yourself as we elevate life together. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Elevate Life with Angie, episode 19. I'm super happy to have you guys listening and I have a very special guest with me today that I'm going to introduce you to in one second. First, I need to really quick do some shout outs because I forgot on my last episode. I was so distracted with enjoying my time with Anthony, I forgot to do this. So really quick, I need to give a shout out to Maddie, to Stephanie, Nicole, and to Becca. Hey, ladies, thank you for listening and for being faithful. I think you all are going to enjoy today's episode because I just have on my one of my wild and crazy friends who I always say she's my wild friend because you are you are wild in all the best <laughs> ways, all the best ways. Um, you want to tell me your name? Sure. This is I'm Jane Beckelman. Yeah, and, um, I'm happy to be here. Yes, yes. So you can't tell right now, you guys, that she's my wild friend. But <laughs> Jane is such. Oh, let me let me tell you. This is one. Of, these are the some of the reasons why I love you, Jane. You are so fun. You are so fun, and I just love fun. Everything needs to be fun for me. You know, that's my family, right? Like oh, you know yeah. my mom so well. My family, we're just. We're a fun family and yes, you, are. you are so good at having fun and enjoying fun and not be not like holding back. Like you let yourself have fun, you know? <laughs> and so I love how fun you are. You have a great laugh. You, um, you're so passionate about the things that you care about. And I just, I love that about you. I love that about you so much. And, um, other people don't always understand you, but it doesn't stop you from being you. And that mm-hmm. I, I love that about you. I admire it about you. And actually, because you're so solid in who you are, that's why you qualify to be on here. Aww. Honestly, that's very high praise. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it. I mean it so much. So thank you for being here. Uh, Jane is a very busy wife and mother. And um, Still, she made she made time to be here because you just you care about people and the world and you um you're really doing your part to to impact the this world in the way that we need it most. And um yeah, I wanted you to come on because your family has really been a great example to me and my family, honestly. Um the way you have learned to do life the way you have gone on this discovery journey within yourself. And um, you've learned and learned and learned and you're applying these things. And I, I honestly believe that your your family is a really good example because you guys are an, in process, in your process. And it's messy and it's beautiful. And that's really the goal. Right. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Living life, being real. Yep. Being real. And I believe that um, for many years I have um, really sought after what I would call revelation knowledge mm-hmm. and understanding um, secrets of the, I would call it the kingdom of God okay. that um, help us to live free, live to our fullest potential. Yep. And I mean, I started out with, I would say, as little as possible. <laughs> Of revelation knowledge. <laughs> I had so far to go, and I still have a long way to go. I feel like it's just a very small amount. But every little bit of knowledge that God has given me has been life-transforming. And yep. I am really passionate about sharing it because these are keys that have transformed me mm-hmm. in many ways and then transformed our family life as well. Yep. And that has been um, the cry of my heart. I always wanted to... Um, be a great parent. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. 
And yet I, when I looked at my parenting, I thought it wasn't great at all. And so Hmm. God has really helped me to, uh, I'd say, pick up my game in that Hmm. area. Yeah. Um, Not perfect. Never Mm -hmm. will be. Yep. But um, certainly I made progress in in making it um, a good experience for the kids. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. What we really want. Right. Now, even what you just said you looked at your parenting and realized I need to do something different here. (laughs) So many people have a hard time really looking at something through the lens of truth for many different reasons, you know, fear or they, they're, they feel ashamed or embarrassment, you know, tons of different things. How, how did you even get to the point where you were even able to look at it? If you didn't see the truth of what was going on, you wouldn't have, you know, you would, you could have thought your whole life, oh, it's going fine. You know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how did you do that? Well, we began to understand. Um, I believe it was through the ministry that we were involved with. We were doing some training um, and discipleship with 20R mm-hmm. back in the day. And um, we began to think about uh, what does grace look like? Mm. Um Danny Silk has some amazing books. Mm-hmm. He's out of Bethel, and mm-hmm. he's got a book called Loving Your Kids on Purpose mm-hmm. um, and Families Where Grace is in Place yes. and Culture of Honor. And these books really began to influence us. That these We were going through these books with the ministry, and we were learning through the example of uh, the ministers there, Ron and Val, who are amazing. Yes. And Val uh, was on my uh, two episodes ago. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. She's one of my best friends. Yep. And she um, has just lived this out. She and, and Ron both just lived yep. this out. And yep. just have been so, they've been our cheerleaders as we've gone on this journey yep. um, together. Um, but I began to read these books and I began to think about um, the way that I expected to be with my kids. Um, as a parent, I would say that I was, I was harsh. I loved my kids more than anything in Mm -hmm. the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. I mean, far above anything else. We gave up everything, um, to give them a good life. That's what you do as a parent. That's what you do. Literally. So here we are passionately loving our kids, but I was critical with them. I was harsh. I was judgmental and Mm. I was punishing. I felt they needed to be punished if something, if they did something wrong Mm. because I didn't want them to grow up and be bad people. Okay. But then I, the Lord, as I was reading these books, the Lord began to speak to my heart and he began to say, what if I treated you like that? Mm. What if I was critical towards you? What if I was punishing and judgmental? And he began to reveal to me that Jesus, his whole purpose was to take all of that on, on our behalf so that we wouldn't have to be punished for, um, our sins. Basically. That's really important. Just really quick, because see that what you're saying so many people, whether they're Christians or not, and I, some, I do have a lot of Christian listeners, some are not, but so many people believe that God is and does punish them and that God does treat them the way, the very thing that you're saying, that is their belief. Can you just give a little something to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I agree with you. I think like if things are going well in our lives, we, are, <laughs> we have a tendency to say, I must be living right, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when things go wrong, we begin to think, oh, what went wrong with me? We we don't see our lives as um, as there's a war going on around us in the unseen realms. Yep. And um, we get to pick which side we cooperate with. And if something goes wrong, it might be an attack from the enemy. Um, and yeah, there might be something we can do, but it doesn't really have to do with God judging our performance and yes. then saying, I'm going to bless you today because you performed well. And yep. then yesterday you didn't perform so well. So yes. you don't get a blessing there. Yes. He's not arbitrarily handing out blessings. There's actually a system that uh, is very, uh, it's delineated in the Bible that we could, if we cooperate with it, um, we can do better and better and better, but it ha- doesn't have to do with a, uh, reward based on our performance. Yeah. It has to do with seed time and harvest and understanding God's way of doing things and cooperating with his way and his kingdom. Yes. And when we can, when we do that, when we cooperate well, we have a really good result. And sometimes we cooperate the best we can and we still have a bad result. (laughs) Yeah. 
and and maybe it's because we didn't cooperate as well as as well as we needed to there but it also could be that the enemy is active and we need to know how to fight the enemy so there's just a different way of looking at things. Than sure. You know, our society teaches us differently. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, and that's, so when, when we believe that we've missed it or we're bad, I mean, this saying I missed it is probably the gentle way of looking at it. The, a lot of the foundational beliefs of I'm bad. Um, I'm not enough. I'm this dirty, rotten sinner where the, the difference is, I'm not bad. Maybe I made a bad choice, a bad decision, a foolish decision, but at the core of who we believe we are and who we believe God is. And those of you who are not God followers, your universe people, you're all, you're, you're connected to something. And those of you out there that I know you, you, your overall goal is, um, is goodness and kindness. And actually what, this is partly what you're talking about, not to jump the gun, but rather than looking at whether it's looking at ourselves or looking at our kids or whatever through the lens of harsh, aggressive punishment, mm-hmm. it's connecting to the kindness and goodness of God and then learning how to actually be that and give that to our kids or to anybody, to be honest, and even to ourselves. Right. Right. And no matter what your source of um, your understanding of the universe is um, when you're parented with this highly perform high performance uh-huh. type mentality, mm-hmm. your parents are insisting on performance, then you end up believing the evil equation. And the evil equation is my performance hmm. plus other people's opinion of me equals my value. Yeah. And that's the thing that we saw happening in our lives, yep. in our kids' lives. Okay. And we also saw a lot of resentment, like uh, a, a feeling of, you know, this isn't what I want. I don't want what you have. I don't want what you do. You know, this isn't right. Our kids really, our older kids began to show signs of, I just don't want your life. And mm-hmm. I saw that, and I also saw the result and how it was harming them. And I began to ask myself if I would want ever want uh to be treated the way I was treating my kids Mm -hmm. um you know and like having the sacred cow of you have to um you have to perform to my expectations or um else yeah (laughs) or else yeah and so we didn't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. we didn't want to say there's no standards there's nothing that you guys need to do right but we wanted to become the other thing that um so there was this one sense of not wanting to be harsh and critical and then on another hand, we wanted to offer emotional responding. We wanted to start offering understanding and empathy. Yeah. And uh, which is something that we didn't do so well <laughs> that when we started <laughs> offering it to our kids, they thought we were mocking them. <laughs> okay. okay. So for, for the people who've never heard of that, what is emotional responding? Okay. So emotional responding is just, um, just responding with concern. I mean, it almost sounds obvious to us and it's hard right. to think that we didn't do it at all. It, but I think that like, if you're part of the Christian church in America, chances are you've been taught to fix people, not have compassion. Oh so, yeah. Um, yeah. So we do this a lot, but we would, I mean, we would, my, our kids would come with us, to us with a problem and we would say, here's what we need to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And um, I never do that. Not even now. <laughs> Right, Marisa and Annalisa, I never, I sit, I'm so good. I sit back, I'm like, I am so sorry. And I just put my hand on them and I'm just with them. I tell you, I'm, <laughs> obviously guys, that's not true. I'm, yes, no, yeah, thank you. Thank you for like, literally, we need these practical examples because I'm, I'm good at this with other people. I am bad right now today. What are we in May, 2021? I am not strong at this with my children. I am going to be, though, darn it. I'm going to be. <laughs> it's hard it to do. It is hard. It's hard to do. In fact, you could be doing it, doing it, doing it, and then they come up to you with a problem. Someone comes to you with a problem, and you're suddenly you're fixing, even though like you thought you created this well-worn path right, of emotional responding. Right, you know, right. You've jumped out of it. 
and you're doing something else. It takes time. It really, really yeah. takes time. Okay, go I ahead. Mean, Sorry, I cut you off to no, be silly there. No, it's okay. <laughs> so, um, so then, like, a, one of our kids would come to us and say something that happened, and I would say, I am so sorry that that happened. And they would say, I am so sorry that that happened. <laughs> they would, like, and, mock, <laughs> mock you. <laughs> and, we, and I would be like, I am serious, you know. I and am. So it yeah. really took about three to six months mm. of just, you know, pushing through and, you know, not bending to the temptation of mocking back or something. <laughs> right. Um, to, for them to start to believe that we really cared. Yeah. And that is a sad commentary coming from mm. us. You know, we were parents that did care. Yeah. We were parents that did love. We were parents that did sacrifice. Yep. And yet we had no skill set in, in this area. And so well, none of, none of us do. <laughs> none, no, I have not met. I've said this before. I have not met one person who's adult, an adult in any way, shape or form, a teenager. I, I've not met one person that they were taught to do this or they were given this in their um, years of growing up. It's a conspiracy, I think, to keep us from understanding. I mean, honestly, if okay, if you watched a movie in which they did not do emotional responding, you would probably turn it off in disgust. These people, I, I can't even, you know, we would be so overwhelmed by their rudeness, by yeah. the lack of sensitivity. And the, the pain that you're seeing the person the person yes, in, it would I actually have done that. Unbearable. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not watching this. It literally, like, crushes my heart. Like, what's right. happening? How can they do that to that kid, you Right, know? right. And then, yet, we can watch that and have a complete blind spot that we're doing that in our own house. In our own. Oh, Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Maybe we should make a movie, uh... <laughs> With a family that actually does that, and it would actually be so horrifying, we would all change overnight. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it, it is it is part of our culture. Yeah. It's part of our Western culture. Yep. Um, to, uh, you know, we want to we don't want to send our kids out into the world unprepared. So we're going right. to make them suffer at home. I guess. Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah. suffer know, and punishment equals love, right? Right. Exactly. And oh. and we don't, we don't understand why our kids don't want to talk to us. Mm-hmm. We don't understand why our kids are, um, you know, not taking on our values and mm-hmm. they don't have to take on our values. That's all a part of this. Grace is understanding that kids are going to make their own choices and mm-hmm. they need to, have their own journeys and so forth. Yes, um, yes. But we can make ourselves so unattractive that they would, the choice would definitely be no. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. think that that's, um, happens more frequently than we want to oh, say. Oh, 100%. You know, or understand. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, um, that was really a big revelation for us. And mm-hmm. I, I would say that the day that I said something bad had happened in my life, and I don't know what that day was, and I don't know what that situation is. But it is indelibly imprinted into my memory when one of my kids said, Oh, Mom, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Hmm. Because I didn't realize the power hmm. that that would have in my own life. Yeah. Just And then it became like, you know, I, would, I think about uh, Psalm 23, you know, and that um, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mm-hmm. It comes out of that psalm. And I didn't realize that when, like, as we are walking through this life, we really are. Like, the happiest day on this earth is the val. We're still living in the valley of the shadow of death. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is, it's a t- kind of a dark place. And right. one of my highest values now, after walking this out for some time, is comforting others Mm. in the darkness Mm -hmm. and receiving comfort from my pain. And I mean, it's, it's so at one point in my life, I would have thought that is the wimpiest thing I have ever heard because that's where I was. Yep. Comfort. You need comfort. How, how weak are you? But when you think God in describing this thing that we're going through called life, Mm -hmm. calls it the Valley of the shadow of death. And, you know, I thought that was just the day that somebody died. Right. Many years right, ago was that. Right. Now we're in the valley of the shadow of death. No, it's <laughs> on your wedding day. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's the happiest day you can imagine. You're still in it. You That's know? a hilarious and, visual. Um, and so, 
you know, it's comfort. <laughs> we need to comfort each other through this thing and we'll all get through it better. Oh my if we gosh. Do, you know? Yes. And I mean, part of what you're talking about too, it's, it's just us being humans. Yeah. We are humans of flesh and blood. And this is, it's a basic human need. Some people think they don't need comfort and compassion those are the people who I'm like, my heart is so sad because I'm like, oh man, you are just living in that pain so much. You actually believe that it's, and it's a lonely existence. It's a hundred percent. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Um, connecting to compassion is so, so important. Um, the, the folks who I follow, like all of their content, I'm, you guys have heard me say that their names before Justin and Abby stumble, I heard one of them teaching about how Jesus connects to our heart. See, we know, we, we're like, oh, I accept Jesus into my heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We don't actually fully understand that, to be honest. And I'm not, listen, if you're hearing this, I'm not, I'm not dogging you out. I'm not calling anybody out. As I said, you guys, we're going to be honest. We're going to have transparent, honest conversations None of this is with any shame or judgment coming from Jane or I to you. We're just wanting to highlight some stuff, guys. Like, let's let's be aware. Um, let's, let's, let's learn and let's grow together. Um, if we fully, fully caught that God is love and Jesus is love, I heard them teach that about when Jesus wept, over Lazarus's death. I had never heard of it this way until I heard them um, talk about this. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew he wasn't per. This was not a real problem for Jesus. It wasn't actually a problem because he knew the truth. He shows up. Mary and Martha and the fo- everybody around. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know it's his. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Everybody's in pain. He could have showed up and been like, guys, it's fine. Just one second here. I'm going to raise them. It's you guys. It's fine. (laughs) I mean, stop crying. Yeah. Like, or like (laughs) he could have been like, they don't need compassion. Come on, get it together. How many times do people have, people have been told, stop crying. Be a big girl. Big girls don't cry and all that crap. Right. He showed up in, in the passion translation. Um, you guys read the story in the passion translation. Oh, cause it's so good. The words in there are so rich and full in that version. Um, I don't remember the exact wording. Um, it describes how he was connected to Mary's heart and that he was, um, I wish I had my phone. See, I don't have my phone next to me, so it's not a distraction to me. But right now, I wish I had it. You guys, listen, look it up in the Passion Translation. I'm gonna, I'm sure I'm going to get the words wrong, but it was about how his heart was connected to her heart. And he um, he allowed him, this part is Angie, not in the Bible, but he allowed himself to connect to her humanity. That's why he wept too. He wept also that is attunement. Like that's a perfect picture of attunement. He knew that everything was going to be fine, but he's still connected to her heart. So Mm, when we're talking about, um, I'm actually putting together a teaching on this because I really want people to understand that Jesus was the most, um, emotionally intelligent person ever to walk the earth. Mm -hmm. And he has the best emotional responding Mm -hmm. and, just about the truth about who God is and what we have access to in that same way that he showed up for Mary and he was connected to what she was connected to. He cared. He also very much loved Lazarus and here he is God in human form and he cried with her. And I just, I think that's the most beautiful understanding of, of part of who God's character is. That's right. Absolutely. Um, and if you think about it, 
I mean, the Holy Spirit's name is, is the comforter. Exactly. And, exactly. And that's another thing that has like step by step been revealed to me. Mm-hmm. Because I know when I first, you know, started connecting with the Bible and, you know, what the Bible is teaching about God, mm-hmm. um, it was, I was almost like an eye roller, you know, like when you think of something else more powerful, <laughs> you know. Um, and, uh, but now I don't think there is anything more powerful. No. I don't think there there is. Nope. And um, I know that there are people, there are some people in my life that I have said, what I really want from you is emotional responding. Mm-hmm. And those people have, some of those people have said, I just can't give that. I, I, I think it's such a blind spot in our society, yeah. in our yeah. culture. Yeah. Um, that we have to actually process it. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I first um, started considering this concept, in my mind, I thought, well, if you give someone emotional responding, um, maybe that would give them uh, permission to do the bad thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would be encouraging them in the right, wrong direction. Right, right. Uh, maybe I would be weakening their stance. Maybe they wouldn't be able to be strong yep. if I did that. And, you know, I think that those are lies that we tend to believe. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why, if I'm really going to help, I need to give them a suggestion. Hmm. But you know what? Most suggestions that we come up with are things that, guess what? They've already thought of it. (laughs) And that thought has been the one condemning thought that they've had in their Mm. lives. So guess what we're doing when we come bring the fixing? We're adding a pile, a load on top of the condemnation. Building on. On top of the shame that they already experience. So what if we just got with them Mm-hmm. and felt and gave them comfort and said, I'm sorry you're going through this. This must be very hard. This has been a long, hard season for you. Yep. And they just sat with them in silence or not sit with them in silence. Sometimes those words are so powerful that it will knock a person out of that place and into a good place. Yes. Yes. And so um, I think it's very valuable, very valuable um, to do. Yes. I love it. I love it. It's so, so good. What would you say to the people who they're hearing this and they're like, okay, this makes sense, but I'm like, I'm too, maybe they're a person who they're not going to be quick to want to fix somebody. They would love to say something kind like that, but they don't normally have courage to say anything. It's easy for them to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Those are the folks we we would want to encourage them to, hey, you can show up a little more. The fixers, hey guys, let's actually pause for a second. If you're so you, you when you're listening, you know which side you're on. Most of us are usually a little more one more or the other. I'm the mm-hmm. fixer. I'm outgoing. I know what I'm thinking all the time. Blah blah blah. blah. So I'm on the end that I'm like, okay, Angie, pause, catch, be aware of yourself, you know, self-awareness. So can you give some practical, um, share some practical things for people who are on both ends Mm -hmm. of that spectrum? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, first of all, I would say this is an attitude of the heart. So when the the attitude of our heart is uh, forgiving toward other people's problems, um, when we decide not to be fixing when we decide not to be critical, we decide not to be punishing. Mm-hmm. I would say that we all convey this with the smallest of gestures, mm. with the one or two words. Think about how powerful it would be if you're not a big talker, to just to have the person that just needs comfort in front of you, and for you to say, uh, "I, I, you're, you're okay." Mm-hmm. you're okay. Mm-hmm. Or I'm so sorry you're going through this. You don't have to say every, anything else. Yeah. That, I mean, it's easier to be a quiet person. It, as far oh, as yeah. Goes, yeah. Than it is to be the fixer because the fixer, now you got to like backpedal. You're talking yourself <laughs> off the cliff all the time, you know? Yeah. And, um, but the person who doesn't say much, they don't have to say much. Absolutely. And, and all of yep. a sudden, have you, have you ever met a person and within one second, you know that person's a judger? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
they said one word, they made one comment and you're, and you're like, noted judger. Oh, I, there have been people, <laughs> there was just somebody that I came across on Saturday. They didn't even say one word, the look on their face, the way they were sitting, the way they were moving in their chair. I was watching them watch somebody else mm-hmm. and the, the, um, the person who didn't say a word, they were watching somebody who was having fun and being free. It was at karaoke shock. Yeah. Um, I knew the person who was singing and having fun. I did not know the person who I'm watching just be the biggest judger. And then my friend puts the mic down. They're done. And they said, the biggest critic is in the front row right there with the blonde hair. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I noticed that. I'm sorry. And then the, my friend had said, was saying something like, yeah, but they're not up here even trying to, I said, that's, yeah, absolutely. They're not. And I had started to quote the, this Brene Brown thing that it's not the critic who counts. It's the one who's in the arena, who's choosing to show up. And it, they were really encouraged by that. I was like, I think I had a blast watching you. It was so fun. And I'm sorry yeah. that, I'm sorry that you felt that energy and that they were looking at you like that. They're, they're pretty broken in their own lives to do for them to treat a stranger like that or anybody. And they were like, thank you. The fr- I didn't so know this good. person very well. I just that's very so casually good. knew them, but that's how I responded to them. That's so and I mean, so yeah. often that, that type of a person, I want, I'm not going to say that type of, a, but a person who ha- is in agreement with that type of an attitude, mm-hmm. um, that is a person that, you might be able to reach them, but you cannot focus on them. Yeah. Okay, so like, this is, I mean, this is something that, um, I've done, you know, I, I spent a, a season of my life, uh, praying and counseling with people on behalf of our ministry, our church. Mm-hmm. And, um, one thing that, that I really began to learn in that season of my life was that there are some people that I would call sponges. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people that are not you know, I don't know, maybe come Teflon, you know, cause everything just rolls right off. I was going to say what, they're that stinky, dirty dish towel. <laughs> <laughs> now they're not soaking up anything though. And so, um, so these people that are sponges, they will, they will absorb mm-hmm. almost just breathe in everything that they can of truth. Mm-hmm. And then the Teflon people, not only will they not absorb, but they will detract. So my, I had a temptation to try to, if I was speaking to a group, I'm trying to speak to the Teflon person. Mm-hmm. And I had, I, I mean, I'm just going to come around and say, God spoke to me. Yeah. <laughs> God spoke to me. And he said, only teach to sponges. Mm, I so love that. when you see a Teflon person in the room and you're tempted to pull out every a scripture address to prove what you're saying, (laughs) realize that you're, you're, you're aiming your focus in the wrong direction. Our focus needs to be aimed at the person who is receiving. And, and there's a, there's a transaction going on there Mm -hmm. that is interrupted and, um, is not respected if we turn our focus to the other person to try to prove something. Yeah. And so, um, you know, this is that even with when you're singing, you might see a person like you described. Yeah. And then your focus needs to go away from that person because that person, that's actually a temptation to draw you out of your place of power and ruin what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love what you're saying. And to be honest, um, <laughs> it's so funny because I saw that per- that same person was doing the same thing to me when I was up there. And I noticed them and I just actually stared at him dead in the eye and I was smiling at her and I started acting a little more silly and she looked away and um she didn't like the pressure yeah I I was I don't know and I you guys I sometimes when I'm like I don't even fully realize what I'm doing till afterward something like that it was a non-specifically non-verbal thing between she and I but I'm like oh yeah no I'm not gonna just like sit here and like let your judgment of I'm like oh I'm doing me so much like and what happens is like, I'm probably describing some pride to be honest, guys, right now, like whatever. I'm a, I'm a messy person still sometimes, but I definitely, I'm at a place in my life where I'm not going to let that stuff like get to me, like where I'm going to be less than or feel 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, feel insecure or anything. The other person, they're a little younger, they're different in their place in their journey. And it did, you know, affect their peace and joy, bless their heart. Um, it didn't, it didn't do that to me, but I like a few seconds again, looked dead in the eye. And then I just went about my business and my focus was to the people who were engaging and having fun and clapping and grooving in their seats to your point, to your point. However, I, I, in your defense, I'm going to say that healthy boundaries have to do with what you will allow and what you won't allow in your, in your sphere of influence. And if you're the one on stage Mm -hmm. and there's someone doing something like that, I would not allow it in the sense where I'm saying, I'm not allowing it the way you did. You know what I'm saying? There, <laughs> yeah. there might be an inappropriate way of saying I'm not going to allow that. Yeah. But that's not what you did. You just connected with your power. And then her power was less. It you really know? was. Oh, that's so, so kind of you. Because, you know, you you know me and those of you who know me. I do, after something, most of my days, I'm like, okay, did I, was I being a jerk at any point? Was I being prideful today? Like, not in a self sabotaging like yeah I suck as a person but I want to have a healthy self-awareness and because I am scrappy as a person I am on the scrappy (laughs) side sometimes there's that part of me that when I see that type of behavior oh I'd love to just walk up to somebody and just be like you're being a real ass right now like um don't be bringing your ugly mess into this room of all these like fun kind people like I would love to do that and to be honest, back in the day, I probably would have done something like that because well, that's who I was. Yes. And I care about like treating people well right, and exactly. all that stuff. Exactly. And and for those of you who can't see Angie right now, her <laughs> finger is doing a circle <laughs> in the air. Okay. And so. <laughs> it is. Doing a circle. <sighs> and, um, but I will say that, um, yes, there is an inappropriate way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, but. Not backing down from something like that. Let's let's break it down a little bit. You were bringing light. Yeah. You were bringing joy. Yep. You were bringing fun. Yep. And I'm sorry, but critical, judgmental, mm. punishing mm-hmm. is not light, and it's not joy, and nope. it's not fun. Nope. It's darkness. And so what you were saying was, we're going to have fun here, whether you like it or not, and I'm going to get yep. a little bit into your space yep. to let you know yep. I'm yeah. not going to back down. <laughs> That's actually, yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I think that's great. I applaud that because basically that's showing that Angie has come from the place where she's going to beat you up <laughs> to now she's going to bring the light of Jesus to you in a way oh, that it. you cannot, the darkness cannot overcome it. Isn't that it what the cannot. Bible says? Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's, that, thank you so much. That's such a it's, a, it's a kind way of actually looking at it. And now as you were saying that, then I, um, I'm remembering that she was with a group of friends and they all sort of started off with that type of, um, not as much as her. She was definitely the strongest one at the table, but slowly other people started to loosen up and they would say, Oh, that was so fun. Or, Oh, I loved your song. And I started to connect with them, like with high fives and stuff like that. And by the end of the night, she definitely had simmered way down because not only did I keep doing my thing, my other friend who she was (laughs) grilling did her, even her crowd started to join our energy, our joy, you know, um, experience. And And she, it was different, very different by the time she left. And I didn't have to beat her up. I didn't have to, (laughs) I didn't have to go punch her in the face. And, um, like I would have wanted to in my twenties. And actually I made it a point for the rest of the night. Cause she would, you know, she's watching the room and kind of, you know, still making eyes at the room. And whenever we would catch eyes, I would lock eyes at her and just give her a big smile and genuinely giving her a genuine smile. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, cause I'm like, Nope, I'm going to smile at you, baby girl. Yeah. After a little while, I actually sort of wanted to go and just like give her a hug. Yeah, I mean that's light overcoming the darkness, mm. and really all all those people, if they intended to or not intended to, partner with being a bummer for yeah. everyone that night. Um, in the end, because you pushed through, mm-hmm. you made them happier. 
You made them happier. And you didn't have to. I mean, I'm reminded, here's an extreme situation where you're in, where a person's in a group mm-hmm. and they're, and, and this is a little bit, this is a controversial figure, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it's an excellent example. Okay. Okay. So, um, I heard this story from this woman, um, who had been, who had been groomed to be a bride of Satan. Mm. So she's in this satanic occult mm-hmm. world. And as a, one of their little missions, they were to attend this Benny Hinn crusade, evangelistic mm. miracle crusade. Mm-hmm. And they were going to sit up in the nosebleed seats and curse what he was doing. Yeah. That was yeah. their job. Yep. yep. They went. So they went and in the middle of the service, he points up to the nosebleed seats this is told by the woman he did it to, not him. Okay. Okay. And he says, you witches up in the top that are trying to curse me, you stop it. <laughs> and you need to leave. And by the way, one of you is going to be saved. And this woman, I mean, she was a very high level and um, she was very, very powerful, but also very like in bondage. Right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. and she told the story after a long process of getting free. And so, and that's a really good story, by the way, but here yeah. he was, he was drawing a boundary mm-hmm. and he was like pointing it out because there's different levels yeah. of someone attacking in a situation, yep. in, a, in yep. a situation like that. Some call for a look and, you know, a love and mm-hmm. other calls, other times it calls for a boundary. That's, that's yeah. not happening here. Yep. And so, and so I'm not talking about, Somebody who wants to bring love to a situation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about someone who literally wants to bring darkness yes. to a situation. So boundaries, yes. we need to have boundaries because we, um, you know, if if we want to think that we just live in a world where only goodness and light exists, <laughs> right? Then we are living in a fantasy world. Yep. Yep. So and that um, and to that point, even those of you listening, so look that that actually really is a great example. Um, those of you who do not walk with the Lord. Um, you all do know that you believe that there is light and there is darkness, period. You believe that there is goodness and that there is, um, what's the opposite of goodness? D- um, evil. <laughs> evil. evil, evil. Yeah. All, all of you listening, I, I'm sure that you e- at least believe those basic things. Um, and, um, yeah, if, if anybody has something to respond to with that. You're welcome to message me on Instagram. I'll, I'll totally dialogue with you about that. Um, cause that's, it's, it's, it's real stuff. Um, I love that you said boundaries. Um, you guys, if you have not heard my boundary episodes, go back and listen to them. There's a four part series. Um, boundaries are limitations. And so I feel like we got a little bit off the topic, I know, but, but I know. it's all really, really good. Like dialogue. And I, that's we, I'm going with you too. Cause I, I love everything that we're talking about, to be yeah. honest. I um, think, I actually think though, that, um, the message is we don't let none of us have to let darkness overcome us. Yes. We have a voice Yes, and we can use it. Yes. And so that, that's the main message mm-hmm. there. And sometimes it's a look and sometimes we have to take a stronger stance. Yeah. But, um, I do want to talk a little bit about, like what it, what it looks like to uh, start to implement grace. in a Yes, family. please, please. Yeah. And some people might not know even the concept of like, well, what do you mean grace in our family? Like, what do you mean? Grace okay. isn't like, maybe they think they know the word, but. Right, right. Yeah. Because I mean, I think that we can all kind of relate to amazing grace. Right. How sweet the How sound. How sweet the sound. This yes. Rich like me, you know, yes. like, uh, that sounds like shame maybe. Is that shame? <laughs> Um, it's true, but, um, grace just means, um, you know, it's just receiving love where we feel like maybe we deserve punishment. Perfect. Yep. And so, um, there are times like that my parenting looked really different. And I mean, of course, uh, we were evolving as parents, um, but where we would have punished at times for a slip of the tongue or something, we began to focus more on the, the child's heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because it was so new to us, which is embarrassing, almost embarrassing to say that. Um, but it was so <laughs> new to us that it, it always sometimes looked different. And, um, initially 
we were literally allowing our kids to get away with, quote unquote, get away with things that we never would have allowed them to get away with. Sure. Because we were more focused on their hearts. Yep. And letting them know that we love them, then we were we're on punishing the minutia of the law. Mm-hmm. And so at first it was um, there was a lot more chaos, um, and it, they were trying to see what could I get away with. Sure, you know? I mean if you're a kid, you're obligated. Um, and not every kid's obligated, but a lot of kids are. <laughs> and so also there was a lot of pain built up from years of, um, of just being harsh with them. Yeah. And sure. critical and punishing. So they had a lot of pain and they were expressing it. Um, but I would say that I, here's an example of how things changed. When, when our kids finally became convinced that we really cared about their hearts, um, and I'd say that's still a sliding scale. I mean, I don't know that we're, we're at a hundred percent, but, um, when they finally became convinced, yeah, we cared and we were really trying to care about them. Um, things that were really difficult before became extremely easy. Hmm. For instance, uh, we're going to clean the house for this thing we're going to have before the scenario would have been uphill all the way. No cooperation, complaining, complaining, complaining. Um, and we went through the season where we would be, we would say things like, um, if, you know, if you have grace, <laughs> if you have grace to do this, we would love to have you do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a few parties where things weren't perfect. We had a few get togethers where, you know, things weren't done or it would look like, you know, the kids wouldn't help out with much. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now uh, on the other end of that, um, we will put a list together and everybody does it happily. I mean, what a difference. Yeah. I don't have to watch them every second. They're not trying to see how much they can get away with. Yeah. And, um, or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's more like, you know, I'm just so resentful that my heart is hurting so much mm. that I just can't do anything more for you. Yeah. You know, you've taken yeah. everything away from me. You've taken um, my happiness, my joy, my mm. self-esteem. It's all gone. And now you want me to do something for you. I can't. I believe yeah. that's the heart cry yeah. of maybe even as adults. Oh, yeah. The way our, because we live in a culture that's very similar, the way we still feel in our hearts. And we wish our parents would have loved us this way. Yeah. We wish yeah. they would have, if they could give me one gift, it would be just to believe in me. Would you just believe in me? You know what? That's really, really important. And, I remember maybe it might've been 10 years ago now. I remember that I had realized that my mom had never told me at that time that she was proud of me. And I, when I realized that that had never happened now, don't get me wrong. My birth dad never did either, but I was used to not getting much like much from him. So my mom, I was not used to like my mom, like causing pain. My mom was really, really a, a bomb, you know, yeah, she was the one there. She, she's she awesome. was the single mom. Yes. Yeah. She's in episode four guys. You got to check that one out. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have her on Worth again. A listen. It, it really is. Um, but, um, I, I, one day I told her, I just like got the courage to tell her like, you know what? I've realized that you've never said that to me. And she was like, are you sure? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I'm sure. Cause I would feel different inside right now if you did. And she was like, oh my gosh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I, I am, I am proud of you. Like, um, and that was just that one little thing. Yeah. But it's, it's to your point. It's the belief. Right. Yeah. So every time we question our kids, every time we question their judgment, um, you know, words have power. Yeah. And we really do have what we say. Yeah. And so if we would just give our kids the belief that we would have wanted to have yeah. from our parents. Yeah. I mean, sometimes just shifting the perspective for mm-hmm. a minute mm-hmm. helps us to understand how mm-hmm. clear how clear it is. So good. Yeah. And you guys, some of you are listening, you're single gals. Maybe you don't have kids yet. You guys listen it's this whole concept. You can apply it to any relationship. You can treat your spouse or your sibling or whoever, your friend, 
sometimes we don't understand how to treat our friends this way. So whether you're a parent or wherever you're at in your life, I, I, I pray that you're hearing this with the ears that, yeah, this is just for any relationship. And, and if you are a parent, we've been given this great gift to, um, to, to teach, like we get to impact these lives. You know, and so, right. I mean, basically if we feel tempted to be critical Mm -hmm. or judging or punishing, we can know that we are not, we're not bringing life into that relationship, whether it's our child or our friend or our parent Mm -hmm. or whoever it is. Um, it's, it's really not our job to punish. Yeah. I think we've gotten that part wrong. Absolutely. And yeah. and how many, I, for some miracle, that wasn't the big word in our family. Uh, my mom didn't use it. Um, but so often it is. Oh, well, now you're going to be punished. And, or the kid's like, okay, what's my punishment? Yeah. That word right. is so. I mean, what, when it really clicked for me was when I realized that you know, I would literally mess up on a daily basis. And this is something I was well in tune with. <laughs> and I would go to God and I would expect forgiveness. Hmm. Now, if one time he would have said to me, you know what? I'm going to have to punish you for that. Hmm. I, I would have been completely like, it would have wrecked me mm-hmm. and not in a good way. And, um, yeah, that was what I expected Mm. my children to have to go through Mm. from me. So if they're learning how to relate to God based on how they relate to their parent, Mm -hmm. I was not a good representation. And that's what it is. That's Mm. actually what it is. And that's actually something I learned through Justin and Abby Zumble is that whether it's our parents, teachers, coaches, um, lead anybody who's like has authority usually older than us, we think the way that they treat us is how God is treating us. Right. We, we And as children, I think that's the way God set it up to make it easy for children to learn. However, if, if it's a messed up picture, mm-hmm. it's We're going to learn all the wrong things. An unhealthy um, family system. Right. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe a child's just in a bad situation and they're learning all the wrong things. And so, um, but the saddest part of all is when they're in a good situation with parents who really love them and cannot convey it because we just don't have the skills. Exactly. Thank you for saying that word. That's my favorite word right now <laughs> is just skills because so often, again, yeah, people, <clears throat> we didn't learn this growing up. My <clears throat> So my parents, your parents didn't know this information. So they didn't give me this. They didn't teach it to me. I didn't learn it from them. Like my mom, perfect example. Awesome person. She worked her butt off. She tried to tried to get me to not skip school and run around with all these. Books. She tried as much as she could. She was one little person. Right. My mom's four eleven, guys. You know she she did what she could, but she didn't have the skills to implement this. She tried to connect our hearts as much as she knew how as a person. Right. Even though she had a mom who didn't know how to connect to her heart, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it so, was probably better than for her, better for you than it oh was for my her. You gosh. know. So each generation, hopefully. Each generation. <laughs> I don't, man. I have the best. I'm doing the air quotes, you guys. I have the best information because I'm, you know, on the newer side. <laughs> I'm 45. I am not brand new, but you know what I mean. Like I know more than my grandma knew. But I'm so dang messy. I still bring so much pain to my girls right now, this month. I was so messy on Tuesday. It was an, we had a terrible, awful day and I was a huge part of it. And yes, I went back and cleaned up my mess. And yes, everybody's fine and peaceful again. But it's the constant choice. You said it's the attitude of the heart, which I also connect to it's the posture of intentionality. It's not my intention to be awful to them. I just sometimes am still, but I'm not going to accept that. I'm just going to keep sucking my whole life and oh, well, well, I keep trying and um, I'm going to keep growing and learning and trying and I'm going to keep showing up, dang it. And 
I, it is because I'm learning the skills and I'm healing my insides. I'm healing my pain from current life and the past because if the pain doesn't get healed and worked through, I can know everything in the world, but applying it is not really going to happen. Right. So that's right. Well, giving yourself, giving ourselves permission to fail yeah. is the start of being able to win. Yeah, because and I I really think this in this uh, and I was saying to one of my kids today that cultures that do not allow forgiveness to be part of the national culture, Mm. you will see a higher rate of suicide because human humans cannot flourish. People Mm -hmm. cannot flourish where there is no forgiveness. We we need that because we all know that we make huge mistakes. Yeah. And we make little mistakes, we make big mistakes, and it bothers us. And so that's that's the only way out of it, you know, because the pressure can get so great that we can't even function anymore. Yep. It's so true. It's so true. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I'm proud of you for giving yourself permission to fail (laughs) and for getting back up on your feet and for developing a culture Mm. where you can make the mistake and your girls do understand that you're trying they're not accusing you of not trying and they're forgiving you and you're forgiving them. And you know, you can move forward and grow together yeah. and become strong together. Yeah. You're all strong. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm like literally emotional right now. Just hearing you say that. Um, I'm, I'm like, I feel so grateful if man, if, if my girls ever gave the full, um, view of some of the things that happen, there would be some of the some of the critics out there that would say, "You should not be in this line of work." Well, that's how messy I am. But <laughs> I don't care if they think that about me. The people who I make the biggest mess with, which are my two girls, my two daughters, biggest mess. It is a miracle that they haven't written me off. They love you the most. There, I've been. There have been moments I'm like, "Why do you even want me here?" I am like genuinely why I don't even understand and they just keep forgiving and accepting I'll go back and I didn't do this right or I was wrong when I did that or I'll like it's it's yeah that's an amazing family culture there's a lot of love that's been put into that and Mm. you know um I often say you can't be real unless you've taken off the mask Mm-hmm. And uh, so taking off the mask is difficult. You've done it, and I'm proud of you. Mm. And you're reaping the rewards of being real with mm. your with your daughters, and mm. and you're just growing together. We 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 are we are, and they're gonna be they're gonna be so much better at this by the time they're my age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hopefully, we're giving our kids some shoulders to stand on. <laughs> oh my God. Amen. <laughs> I, one of my daughters, one of us so much. So one of my daughters, I'm like, look, tell me, no, tell me mom. Nope. I can't, whatever. I don't care if I'm asking for something simple. If you can't, or if you don't want to, honey, just tell me, no, I don't want to be the burden and the pain in your ass. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to, you know, (laughs) to give her permission to like the the boundary or whatever. So, um, man, I did not have any thoughts that I was going to be sharing any like that much stuff about myself, which I don't mind that, but I, I really hope you guys feel like you heard from Jane a lot today. Cause she, <laughs> she's, I really wanted her, um, your insight and, and your experience to really come out in the, in the language of this, of this time. Um, which I, oh my gosh, I just value everything you brought. Um, thank you so much for making time to be here. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I mean, I, this is something that God's taught me over the years Mm -hmm. and I've learned through the ministries he's put in my pathway Mm -hmm. and my desire to just understand, you know, what is truth. Yeah. And, um, so if I can help one person Mm -hmm. to, um, do things a little bit more like light, induced instead of dark induced right if i can change one child's life Mm. it would be so worth it and i would stand at the top of a mountain and Mm. and proclaim this because it is um it has been a a really good change for our family oh i think it's given us possibilities 
that we never would have had. Absolutely. And I just, I mean, I see, I see the fruit. Your kids are awesome. All of your kids are awesome. They're growing. They're awesome. I love, yes. Shout out to the five uh, Buggleman kit. Five, right? right? Am I getting the number right? Luke, Rachel, Paul, John, and Peter. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hey, you know, awesome. So awesome. And we just... We're thankful for Jim, her, her husband, Jim. Yes, um, we got to um, close out here in a second. I'm going to add the links in the show notes, you guys, for some of the, um, the um, like the book um, you said that you listen to, Loving Your Kids on, or you listen mm-hmm. to the book, the book, um, yeah. mm-hmm. the two books. And then um, you guys, hey, if you live in anywhere near the Fox Valley area, Jane's an awesome real in real estate and just awesome and um, highly recommend you connecting with Jane. I'm going to put your email address. If that's okay. Absolutely. In the show notes. Um, and we got to close out. We're running out of time. Hey, can you give our closing quote? If somebody is listening an hour into this, they're going to give a shout out in my social media. What would, what should we have them type? Okay. So if you type in, I want to love on purpose. I want to love on purpose. Awesome. Okay. And yeah, you'll get a shout out. Yes. Okay. I'm on episode 20. You'll get a shout out. Thank you so much, Jane. Again, I love you so much. You're awesome. <laughs> so grateful you, for you. It's been wonderful to be here. Yeah. Okay, guys. Until next time, as always, remember you are strong and you can do hard things. Bye.